Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hey, 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 welcome to episode number 25. I'm so excited to be with you today, and I just want to say I don't feel that great today, y'all. I have a little bit of a stomach ache. I'm bloated. I don't know if I ate something that's not agreeing with me, but I just wanted to still show up today because it was on my calendar, and if you're one of my clients or if you've been listening to me, you know that it's really important to me that I to the best of my ability, do what I say I'm going to do and more so that I honor myself and my schedule. And I know that there is a time sometimes to rest and when we don't feel good, I just wanted to record today and keep my word and be with you all. So here I am and my question for you to start out with, even though we usually do questions at the end, I wanted to ask you, do you know what does the following things have in common? Hugging your loved ones and cuddling, playing with or petting an animal, playing with or holding a baby, holding hands, physical touch, sex and intimacy, exercise, and listening to music. Hmm, what could the answer be? Well, drum roll, please. All of these things are things that help release our beautiful neurochemical oxytocin. So today is part three in a four-part series about all of our feel-good hormones. So I'm going to dive right in to our friend oxytocin. So oxytocin, as you may or may not know, it's a naturally occurring hormone and it's produced by the hypothalamus, and that is a small region in the base of your brain. And so it's produced there, and then it's secreted or released into the bloodstream by the nearby pituitary gland. Oxytocin, it's a really awesome hormone, and it plays an important role in reproduction. So for example, in women and females, this hormone triggers labor as well as the release of breast milk and in males oxytocin is what helps move the sperm so super important neurochemical so I'm going to nerd out and I'm going to cite some studies throughout this episode but we're also going to keep it real so don't worry I'm not going to get too nerdy and scientific today just a little so researchers in one 2012 study that I found showed that it when couples are in the first stage of that romantic attachment and that honeymoon period that they had significantly higher levels of oxytocin than their other counterparts that weren't as attached. But oxytocin, it's really just more than new love. It's also released when we have sexual activity and it's also linked to the intensity of our orgasms. There was one review in another one that I looked up in 2013 
and it summarized all of oxytocin's possible relationship enhancing effects. Listen to these. So more oxytocin increases trust, eye gazing, empathy, positive relationship memories, more fidelity, more positive communication, and more processing of the bonding cues. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible right there, just what it can do for a relationship. But also, it could work the other way, as I'll go on to explain, that when we have empathy and practice eye gazing or positive communication or bonding and touch and intimacy, we also then increase oxytocin. So it's kind of a win-win cycle. So we can do the physical activity or motion first to increase more of oxytocin, but also when oxytocin is present, more of these things naturally occur. So as we've been talking about, and you know now that both dopamine and serotonin as well as oxytocin are referred to as our happy hormones. And what happens is when you're attracted to someone else, your brain releases a hit of dopamine and then your serotonin levels increase and then oxytocin is produced. And this causes you to feel a huge surge of positive emotion. And that's why when we're first meeting someone that we're so excited about, if that's happened to you or if it's happening to you, that is why is because we're getting a amazing feel-good chemical cocktail of dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin in those times of our life. And there's another review that suggests that oxytocin also has an impact on some social behavior, and that's related to relaxation uh, versus having social anxiety. It's related to trust and trusting people and trusting your environment and situations. And also this particular research showed that it affected overall psychological stability. And also oxytocin has been shown to decrease stress and anxiety levels when released into certain parts of the brain. So if we think about all of the implications that the things that we can do to increase oxytocin, those things can also help decrease stress and anxiety that's where we want to pay attention and do more of those things. Also, oxytocin can help your body adapt to a number of different emotional and social situations. And intranasal oxytocin has been directly linked to enhanced communication between romantic partners, especially during arguments. There was research from 2010 that showed that intranasal oxytocin could help people with autism also better understand and respond to social cues. So that's really interesting about how it affects sort of our social uh, relationships and relatability. There is a question as to how and why does oxytocin affect males and females differently? And the research does show that it affects us differently, especially in social context. And this is maybe because it acts different in biological male versus biological female amygdala. And this is the portion of your brain that's responsible for our emotions, our motivations, and reward. So for example, oxytocin tends to be a bigger factor in how females and women identify who they're going to be friends with and then how to tend to those relationships. 
And the hormone has been found that it plays more of a role in the way that males identify competitive relationships and navigate the fight or flight response with ease or not so much ease. So as we've mentioned before, it's the relationship chemical. It is the reproduction chemical. And so there is a relationship, of course, between oxytocin and motherhood. Oxytocin plays several important roles. So starting with labor, when a woman goes into labor, the hormone starts to signal the uterus to contract. And this is what starts labor. And then it helps move the process along by increasing the production of other related hormones. And after delivery, it also helps the uterus continue to contract so it can return to its previous size. And there's just an interesting thing I want to note here. Some of you might know about ecstatic birth, and there's a new movement that's come to the forefront. I don't think it's really that new, but it's come to our consciousness and awareness that we can, when women are in labor, in order to help the baby move down and help that oxytocin, the partner can provide physical touch and stimulation in that way so that oxytocin can be released. And so I was shadowing with a midwife in my nursing career once, and she had a really good and humorous point of view on this. And she said, well, the baby got in that way and the baby will get out that way. And what she meant was through uh, intimacy and sex and like physical touch and stimulation, wanting to highlight that that process of birth is being recognized, that that can be a really good intervention for a really natural labor to help the baby move along. And the next thing is breastfeeding. So when a baby latches on to the breast, it will trigger a release of oxytocin in the mother. And this is the signal to the mother to let the milk down for the baby. So obviously, super important hormone for feeding baby. And then when it comes to bonding, there's many human and animal studies on the effects of oxytocin on the mother-child bond. And there's these studies have found that mothers with higher levels of oxytocin are more likely to engage in more affectionate parenting behaviors. And this includes frequently checking on baby, giving them more affectionate touch, singing or speaking to them in a certain way, as well as grooming and bathing behaviors. Some research also suggests that babies who get this type of parenting experience a boost of oxytocin that makes them more likely to want to seek out contact with their mother, which will further strengthen that bond. And by the way, this is not limited to biological mothers. There was research in a 2014 study that oxytocin has a similar effect in foster mothers and adoptive parents as well. So I think that was a really cool finding that this isn't just strictly reserved for biological parents. So another question that comes up that I think is interesting is, can oxytocin produce a similar effect in regards to fatherhood and males? And there is evidence that parenthood will also stimulate the release of oxytocin in dads too. So one 2010 study I found that there was specific types of interactions between a dad or a father and his baby led to higher levels of oxytocin. And these included 
directing the baby's attention towards certain objects and then encouraging the baby to explore. So specifically encouraging baby or directing attention and just interacting did increase those levels. So super cool. Curious about, are there any downsides to consider of oxytocin? And so one thing that was brought up in some of the studies and some information that I've read is even though oxytocin does and can enhance bonding, the flip side of that is that it also can encourage favoritism and some prejudice and it can lead to the formation of in-groups and out-groups because of the bonding. Also, in the research, it said that sometimes the hormone is linked to feelings of envy and dishonesty, and we don't know fully why that is. And then another question is, does oxytocin have any medical uses? If the baby isn't moving along in labor, we can induce mothers with oxytocin to improve contractions. And it can also be used to reduce bleeding after childbirth or abortion. And 2017 study found that the oxytocin can help treat autism and other developmental and psychiatric conditions that would impair social interaction, as I've already mentioned. It's being explored as a possible treatment for postpartum depression. Although if too much is used, there were studies that also showed that the increase of oxytocin could also increase the risk for postpartum depression and anxiety. So I'm assuming there is a delicate balance there. And then also there's research underway for oxytocin as a possible treatment for alcohol and substance abuse disorders. And that is ongoing. I just think that all of these things that I'm mentioning are so profound and it comes down sometimes that, you know, nature is super intelligent and Sometimes we just become so disconnected from ourselves or from the way of things that it causes a whole slew of problems in our life. But when we get back to the basics, a whole bunch of problems can be solved. And by just simply petting an animal or hugging or, you know, being physically intimate with your partner, you know, this is going to improve so many of these areas. And there's something else that's really interesting too. So the question has been, is there a truth that oxytocin has an effect on fidelity? In other words, it has been shown that there's a link between oxytocin and fidelity because apparently it helps In a heterosexual relationship, this was, of course, the study, it makes males view their female partners as more attractive than other familiar and unfamiliar females. Research also suggests that the hormone may influence males to keep a greater social distance from attractive females who are strangers. And this may have to do with the fact that oxytocin influences our reward pathways, So when we're engaged in social or sexual or physical contact with your partner or spouse, this may increase your levels, which creates a behavior loop. So you want to connect with that person more than connecting with strangers or other people. And so, yes, the more time you spend with your partner, the more oxytocin you'll produce. And the more oxytocin you produce, then the more you desire the partner that you have. And so we can see when relationships are strained and there's not intimacy, physical or otherwise, how this can affect 
our fidelity as well as our happiness and and other health concerns as well. So uh, another study found that treatment with oxytocin reduced behaviors associated with female infidelity and that they preferred to also interact with their male partner instead of strangers of the opposite sex. So apparently it's thought that oxytocin helps decrease the novelty of interacting with the stranger. So now the question is, how do we really increase our levels? I've been speaking to it a little bit throughout this episode so far, but just wanting to speak a little bit more to the lack of oxytocin and how we can improve it. So low oxytocin has been linked to symptoms of depression, also including postpartum depression in moms. And researchers have been studying whether if we give oxytocin in a pill or nasal spray could help ease anxiety and depression, but results have been disappointing in some of the studies. But also that's because it's hard for this hormone to slip across our blood-brain barrier. So that is another factor and hopefully can increase it more naturally instead of, you know, having to take a pill. Although if it's, if they can do it safely and effectively, I'm not opposed to that. A more promising way, in my opinion, to boost oxytocin naturally is with exercise. The study noted that there was a a big jump in oxytocin levels measured in participants' saliva after high intensity martial arts training. Also, music seems to have the ability to increase oxytocin, especially when people are singing in a group, which also adds the element of bonding. And as I've mentioned, the simple act of touch seems to boost oxytocin. So getting a massage, cuddling, making love, or giving someone a hug can lead to higher levels of this hormone and a greater sense of well-being, as well as what I mentioned in the beginning with playing with or petting an animal or holding a baby, as well as holding hands and other forms of touch. So that is the episode for today. And I always love to ask a question for reflection. And I want you to just consider, are you getting enough oxytocin and where are you getting it from? So obviously if you're not a parent or not a mother and are you, I mean, even just the simple act of holding hands more with your partner or even touching each other on the back or on the arm, where are you at with that? Um, Could you do a little bit more exercise or maybe you could start listening to more music again and make some playlists Something that's super simple that's going to increase your oxytocin and have really positive ramifications for your mental health and your well-being. I hope that you got something from today's episode. I'm excited to complete this series next week. We'll be talking about endorphins. I can't wait to be with you then. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.